All right, guys, we are back after a little two week hiatus. Uh, it was not planned, but the semester started. I got a little busy, got a little carried away. But regardless, I have a very special guest today, former or well, not former current RIT student like myself, student athlete, member of Greek life. And this is a big point, CEO of LXR Media. And um, I was going to go ahead and say your name, but I don't want to butcher your last name. I'm <laughs> sure okay. you're sick of people asking you this but I think it's an important way to start. Um, what the fuck is your last name? <laughs> and, I, and I actually, I want to yeah. try it and see uh -huh. if I can get it right. And you tell me if I did it. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so both of my parents are from Madagascar, but it's Randriana Ravello. Okay. That's, that's how I would have said it. I swear to <laughs> God, that's exactly, exactly how, how I would have said it. It's okay. Exactly that's not that bad. It it's just really long. That's the thing for people. It's 15 letters, but yeah, both of my parents are from Madagascar. My dad came here from college. And so, that's where the names come from. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So you're going to RIT right now, like myself. I'm about to finish up, but you're in your third year? I'm in my fourth year. Fourth yeah. year. Okay. And what are you studying? Studying mechanical engineering in Cape Gleason. It's, okay. uh, it's hell. <laughs> so that we're going to come back to that, but that brings yeah. up an interesting point that kind of, I feel like, contradicts what you're doing with LXR Media a little bit. But we'll come back to that a little bit later on. But um, I want to get into the student government stuff real quick because that is a bit of a pressing issue. It's going to get more important as the semester rolls on, obviously. And um, that's what a lot of your content has revolved around in the last few days, last several days, probably the last few months or so. Yeah. Um, so you are a member of student government this past year. This when did you get involved right now? Um, so Anika Aftap, who you had on in the show, that's yeah. when I got really close to her. I was doing her social media marketing when I was a sec third year. And so that was my, I was an employee of student government. I wasn't necessarily elected official or in the cabinet. Okay. So, but I got to work closely with a lot of those guys. And that year, that was a fun year. And then after that, I stepped away and now working with ACA. It's the Alana Collegiate Association on campus. It's the minority representative RSL. And so, but currently not in student government. I was in student government shortly for a year. But yeah, we can't actually say we're going to run for any specific position. Like I said, right. the video, I had to be very careful about my verbiage. I did get emailed about that earlier in the year. But yeah, there is a position that I'm looking to run for in student government. Okay. So what, we don't have to talk about the position, obviously, but there's yep. still some context that we can talk about behind mm -hmm. it. Um, so why do you want to run for this position? That story With, without without spilling too much obviously. No, 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 no. I that is a, a question a lot I got asked a lot and have been thinking a lot a lot over in the past year. You go to RIT, I go to RIT, and it really started from my freshman year. First two months came here, I knew I was wanting to play soccer and I was studying mechanical engineering. Didn't really look into too much other others other parts of the college. I got here and I'll be very honest, I hated it. I wanted Amen. to transfer, Same. I wanted to go to UCLA or I wanted to go back to school, back back home in Maryland. Um, mm -hmm. And I emailed my college advisor in high school, said, how do I get out of here? I, what do I need to do? What credits do I need to take? And then what's the process to start applying to other places? And so that year progressed. And by the end of the second semester, the end of the first semester, I had applications ready. I already wrote my essays and I submitted them. And then second semester hit. 
I joined the fraternity, Theta Chi. I joined, I applied to be an RA and I got the position. And I realized that as I started to immerse myself into all the opportunities RIT had to offer, that was when I started to love RIT. And now in my fourth year and have gotten even more involved. And that's where like, okay, this is what we need to be doing from a student government standpoint, from the top down is creating opportunities, creating that college experience that I know you guys have, you have friends who go to other colleges, Penn State, Clemson, Alabama, University of Miami, and you're seeing their Snapchats, you've seen them on Instagram or wherever, and you're like, they look like they're having a shitload of fun. Yeah. And you look, and you're here at RIT, and you're like, why can't we have that? And so that's really what my platform is about. That's what I want to do if I was in that position, just create a college experience that, and I said in the video, if you're a first year or your fifth year, you look back at your time at RIT and you're happy you chose RIT, you don't regret any part of it and you don't think about transferring. I mean, from an RIT standpoint, they should love that idea. I mean, that will not only when your alumni want you to donate money back because you had such a great time, people will come back, watch hockey games, maybe hopefully get a football team by then, but just, That'd be yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah, it would. That, that's honestly a big part of the culture, too. I, I've talked to Luis Viotti, who's the director of athletics, and mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, we had a football team before. We don't have one now, but that would change the culture. I mean, that's really what it's about. We're starting at the movement. We're, I'll plant that seed now. It's going to call it the movement, but okay. just a culture change. Culture. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I hear you. And I feel like well, for me, I'm not going to be able to see that benefit because I'm on my way out. This is my last semester and that's yeah. fine. But I feel like that is going to be a challenge for you because the branding of RIT over the last, well, probably the entire college's existence, really, it's not one of those party schools, right? And I'm not saying it has to be a party school for the experience to be better. No. But you obviously want to have a bit of a better balance between the social life and the academic life. And RIT is specifically branded as a very good school if you want to go and get, you know, a four or five year degree, you know, not have to worry about getting a job after college, which is great. And that co-op program, co-op program, excuse me, is absolutely phenomenal. That's probably one of the best selling points I would say that RIT has. Um, so how do you think you were going to try and change that? Because I know the administration and, you know, the people that you would have to report to are going to be against that. Yeah. So I know I only have, I would only have one term. And so the idea is really just get the ball rolling. Hopefully the next president continues it. The next president after that continues it. But it starts with little events. You start with creating an event. Look at, if there's a video on YouTube called Silent Night where a college doesn't say a single word until the basketball team has scored a six point and then they go crazy. We did in high school, we're talking also like concerts. Uh, obviously not really safe right now, but bringing an artist who our student body would go watch. We had a couple of years ago, Andy Grammer, uh, and then you've seen AJR, AJR, Jessica Jones, Anderson Cooper even, but they're not selling out the Gordon Field House. They're not right. selling enough tickets to make it profitable. And so there just needs to be a refresh from there at the student perspective. I think there's a disconnect about what the student body wants, what administration wants. And at the end of the day, they are kind of in a chokehold by administration unlimited about what they can and can't do because that is who you're reporting to. Mm -hmm. But 
your, your job description in that position is being the liaison between the student body and the administration. And right. it's a bridge between both sides. And so you got to be taken from the student body and you got to be taken from the administration. And I think the student body is getting neglected a little too much. I hear you. So one of the other things with that too is kind of a similar question. But when I spoke with Anika, when she was on, she obviously had that experience of being the student, uh, student government president, right? Oh. And one of the things that she told me that she struggled with the most is, is you come into it with all these ideas, right? You get all this support, you have a platform that you're going to run on. And then once you get in there, you realize that you don't actually have that much power as a student, right? And that's probably an even tougher challenge that you would potentially have to deal with, right? So how do you think you can start to get the ball, the ball rolling on that side of things? That takes me to kind of like what I've been trying to do on social media and growing my personal brand and creating a following of people who are interested in the stuff that I want to talk about or do the show that I've been putting out. And so in that position, yes, Anika and other presidents had their own ideas that they wanted to push in their platform and wanted to come in and complete by the end of the year. But the biggest thing, again, is like the student body. So if you can show that this is exactly what the student body wants or there's enough people here at the student body, whether they're Greek life, athletics, or minority uh, students or engineers, show enough popularity or incentive from the student body that they're interested in this and then administration has to listen like it's enough that oh the student body president wants to this to happen but no not just the student body wants this to happen student body president wants this and the whole student body wants this to happen okay i mean at the end of it, we're the one we're the paying customers of industry yeah. and so you're gonna have to listen to us you gotta have happy customer coming in and every year and not saying like people are gonna leave but i'm saying that you it is in your best interest, RIT, to give students the experience that they want or that they expected and plus, you know? So it really starts, yeah, with the president's idea, but then getting that momentum from the student body to back it and show that they are interested and this is something that they want. And so, yeah, don't have a laundry list. I don't have a laundry list coming in like from one to a hundred. I have a couple things that are big things at RIT that we want to hit on the nail on the head and then get it going next year, this coming March, actually. Awesome. All right. Well, it sounds like a plan, but <laughs> you have already found a little bit of controversy. So yesterday's social media post that you had, um, yeah. I saw it last evening and you, like you're saying, you, you don't, you can't even say that you're running for anything, right? Like a specific position. And there's already, a uh, little buzz that there's uh, some some people that are a little upset. Little so bit. what what's this controversy about? Yeah, um, so it really starts in the summer. I started, I launched that late night with Lucas Ranger-Novello over the summer. So mm -hmm. I started with Anika and it really sparked right there. And that first interview, I told Anika during the interview that I was going to run for the student body president in my fifth year. So I was kind of, I was a, finished my third year in the summer. I'd been thinking about running since Anika was in president. So there's a lot of back work that's been happening, but then started, got on the radar of student government, got on the radar of the student body. And so people started knowing my name, started realizing that this is the thing about student government. The way you get to that position of student government of president is you start your freshman year, you're a student senator for your first year, or you're in a committee, 
and then you move to maybe another senator every college, and then maybe you get into this uh, cabinet, and then from there, with your resume, then you hop into that president position. Okay, but that's not me. Obviously, yeah, I was an employee my second, third year, but I've just been doing my own thing, involved around campus from Greek life to engineering to athletics. And have really just used the connections and people that I've been able to touch along my college experience to get this momentum or even follow in especially social media on itself, like creating that show is huge and just branding myself and continue to show what I've been interested in and then creating an influence of following of RIT students. I get texts from even prospective students, like what is RIT like? Really? And so coming back to that, the student government is not does not want an outsider in that position. Mm. I'll, say, I'll say that very clearly. And there's even some people I'd say even outside of student government who don't necessarily like me. I mean, I've gotten it a lot. Uh, oh, we don't like that he's on social media so much, posting about this, this, that. I mean, I run a social media marketing company. I have <laughs> social media is my thing, and so. There's just a lot of things. I mean, when you're doing something right, people are going to hate you. You know, if, mm -hmm. I think that's something I've heard a lot from mentors. Like there's going to be people who are always trying to prey on your downfall. Absolutely. You're trying to separate yourself. And so, like I said, when I gave away a book, I'm doing a book giveaway each month. I gave a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And the people who are behind your back talking about you, there's three things. They are just jealous. They wish they could be in that position or it is sad they have that time in their day to have your name in their mouth on their own time behind your back right and three like you only live once man like uh see, i'm so happy with my college experience i've done everything and plus that i've wanted to and uh, i'm going to continue to do that and so i'm just trying to fulfill everything and take full advantage of my five years here and leave looking back that i've done everything i could absolutely man that's a that's a pretty good plan for dealing with that controversy. And I'm, I'm sure it's only going to heat up more as uh, the campaign season approaches. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as like you were just talking about you know, the three reasons why people, you know, want to see you fail. Right. I, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, too, and was kind of like I, kinda, I think it kind of ties into why uh, I was so hesitant to start at first. Um, there's a lot of like fear among people who try and do something different from the rest of the crowd, right? right? Who try right. and break out. And a lot of that fear is like, well, what are other people going to think of me? What are other people? What is their perception going to be of me if I try and do this new thing? And then as you actually start it, and that's like one of the hardest parts is actually just starting. And once you get started, you start to realize that, oh, okay, it's not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. And an overwhelming majority of people tend to be a supporter as opposed to a hater. At least right. at this point, right? Yeah. No. And yeah. um, but those people that do talk shit about it, right? Like behind your back or whatever it is, you think to yourself, like, you really don't have anything better to do exactly. with your time exactly. than just trash what I'm doing. It's like you could be doing so many more productive things than wasting your time just trying to talk shit about what I got going on. And if you don't like what I got going on, that's fine. You don't have to like it. And not everybody's gonna like it, right? You right. can just ignore it. But to sit there and, you know, be all pissed off and be on your phone, like tweeting shit or, you know, posting bad comments or talking shit to some of their friends or whatever, it's just a complete waste of time. Absolutely. And um, I, I'm sure you've kind of, you know, recognized that in, in your kind of path with, with everything you got going on. But yeah. um, 
it's it's I'll kind of funny. That, no, go yeah, ahead. No, I'll say that. I mean, I definitely had cards like that. Now I love what you're doing. When you emailed me, I went back and looked at even more. I saw Anika's interview fully, but went back and I saw you did the bar stool one. That was awesome. So it's picking up and I love it. But I have even had points. It's not necessarily a starting point for me. And that was one thing. There's a girl who told me, a close friend of mine was like, I love how like you just don't care what people think. Yeah, it's not, it's not that I don't care what people think. I, I love criticism, love feedback and get it all the time. I have a lot of people telling me how they don't like what I'm doing. But <laughs> not that I don't care. Is that I just think that what I'm doing and what I've been working on is just so cool and that I love doing it, then I'm not going to stop because you told yeah. me, you know? And so there are a lot of people, podcasts have been blowing up this year. And yeah, good old quarantine. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's selling out on uh, mics. But uh, people ask me like, oh, should I start a podcast? Should I just do it. Like, yeah. put it out there, put yourself out there. And if at 10 episodes, 20 episodes down the line, it's like, oh, you realize it's not something that you want to do, then stop that for that reason. Don't stop because you're scared what people think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like another thing I want to talk about too is like, obviously I don't have that large of a following. Right. And that's fine. Like it's not my job. If it's my job, I'd be able to sink a lot more time and financial resources into it and everything like that. But I also have a lot of other stuff going on like yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't necessarily see this being like a career thing, but at the end of the day, what keeps bringing me back, even if I miss a week here or there, if I don't have as many posts as I know I should each week on social media, yeah. it's like, I enjoy having the conversations. I enjoy learning new things about people, making new connections. So like, if it doesn't catch on, that's fine, but right. I still enjoy doing it. Yeah. And I think as long as you can keep that in sight and, and remember that when you're doing it and, and hold on to that. That's really all you can ask for. Absolutely. Everything else will fall into place eventually. I, yeah. I started, I don't know if you see, I started doing these uh, weekly videos. Well, I just post a blog 8 a.m. every Monday on YouTube. And exactly like you were saying, I'm not trying to be a YouTuber. I'm not trying to be the next David Dobrik or yeah. uh, Casey Neistat. I just, I wish that at the last year of 2020, and especially with everything that happened, I had a video and I journal every day. I'll write a reflection, but to see it in video style, like see myself from January 1st to December 31st, like each week, like the growth, the, what would I have those feeling or like, what was I doing? Like I would yeah. love to have that footage and look back at it and be like, wow, that was Lucas in 2020 or this is Lucas in 2021, you know? And I, I'm not doing it again. Like I, that's great if people love it and enjoy it. But also just like for myself, just like have there and just like look back at it. I, I just love making content too. It's just yeah. fun. Flexing your creative mind each week is definitely something necessity for me. But that's what exactly like you were saying. Just put yourself out there and just do it for you. Like, right. You're not going to have motivation shouldn't come from, oh, I want to impress these people or uh, do it, doing it for someone else. Like it's only going to last long and be worthwhile if you're doing it for your own self. Amen. I hear you. So let's switch gears a little bit. We'll talk about yeah. LXR media. Yeah. So this obviously ties into kind of like the whole student government thing. It's obviously a good tool that you have that you can promote yourself and in your platform and things like that. But aside from that, uh, where did that come from? Like what, yeah. how did this all become a thing? Cause like I said before, you're a mechanical engineer, so that doesn't necessarily <laughs> make 
too much logical sense, but right. you're doing well yeah. so far. <laughs> so Alex Armenia really started my two, summer 2019. I was an intern at the headquarters at Under Armour. I was doing footwear testing. Greatest experience summer of my life thus far. I was a mechanical engineer doing footwear testing, comparing Under Armour shoes to Nike, Adidas, Reebok, Noble, just all across the board from training shoes, running shoes, cleats. And it was an amazing time. I was in the lab doing tests that was should be done by full-time engineers and they put me to do it. And that was great. But when I wasn't in the lab, I'd go hang out with the finance interns. I go hang out with the sales interns. I go hang out with the marketing interns. And I was like looking around and seeing that their environment, seeing what they're working on. And I was like, man, I wish I could do some of this stuff too. Like the lab is fun, absolutely. But like, this is like really interesting too. Yeah. And so when I was there, they allowed me to make some videos and work on the social media side. And I just, from there, it just grew from there. And so really COVID hit. Actually, no, I got back up because there's a couple things. I mean, I chose to engineering coming in here, but there was always like a little businesses that I would always try to do when I was in fourth grade. This is a funny story. I just brought it up with a buddy when we went to eat. We, in fourth grade, we had a tech deck business. These are like the little skateboards, mm -hmm. that uh, finger skateboards. And so- I remember those. Me and him, yeah, me and him, we were in fourth grade and we started selling these tech decks out of our classroom. We'd like buy the board and then we'll give you the trucks and the wheels for yep. an extra five bucks and like we turned it this was like crazy at that like thinking back like how we like had a whole i wouldn't call it a business model but kind of like a sales process and like yeah like people were giving us money like for that age like 20 bucks was like a lot of money for you like what are you gonna right. do with 20 bucks in fourth grade and so it was funny because at the end of the week or three week uh, the prison pre pre principal came and talked to us and she took all our money we had oh, it all stashed yeah. up and she took it away but I just been doing like little businesses like that. Like I, I had a detail company, car details, also into cars and I uh, was cleaning people's cars over the summer. And so just thinking of just serial entrepreneurial ways to just make some dough. It was just right. something I've been, but anyways, taking that asset of being able to create content, video, photography, I started in March. I, la I launched LXR Media. I bought the LLC. Actually, this is, Something I'll say specifically in your uh, podcast is okay. Love it. I didn't start co-op. I was an intern at, at NASA the past eight months, but I didn't start co-op until May. And so it was end. It was end of March. COVID just hit, and I knew I wanted to start Electra Media like right away. And I didn't have money to buy an LLC. But I knew from a uh, business standpoint and legal standpoint. I need an LLC to even email anybody or talk about, I can run your business from a right. social media standpoint. So uh, I'm not someone who's going to ask their parents for money or try to loan or uh, borrow that week for two weeks straight. I drove DoorDash okay. and got a thousand bucks. I think I made on that week, two weeks and threw it right into LLC launched Elixir media and then from then on, just continued making content. I've just, right now, we're working on building a client base. We wanna do luxury car dealerships, but in the past, 
I'd say I've been doing Alexa Media for 11 months now, just been doing marketing consultations from like churches. Uh, that's a, that was a funny story to um, personal brands of just Instagram models who want to grow their following and stuff like that. So just been looking at their Instagrams or Facebooks and like, this is what you could do. This is what you could expedite the process to grow more. TikTok is huge. You yeah. Seen, but yeah, no, Alexa Media has been a wild journey and any business owner will know there are sacrifices that need to be made. I have sacrificed everything from sleep to school and uh, doing well on a grade because I needed to yeah. call a client the next day. So it's been a journey and I love it and I want to continue to do it. Hopefully people always ask me up here, what are these post-it notes, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me this year, I want to do $100,000 in profit in just Alexa Media. And that for me is huge because if I can do that, I can tell myself I don't need to be an engineer anymore. And so okay. that, is, that is the goal for this year. I actually had a, God, I'm spilling all the tea on your podcast. This is stuff. I love it, dude. Oh, that's awesome. I got an offer from General Motors to uh, co-op this summer. And I declined because this summer I'm just going to fully dedicate to Alexander Media and just, I need to tell myself or I tried it hundred percent at least once. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great mindset. Like if you're going to go all in, you, you like really have to go all in <laughs> and you know, exactly. being a college student, like you don't necessarily have that much time where you can just dedicate to one thing. So summers are big and you know, a lot of students, especially at RIT will use that time with an internship or a co-op. So that's, it's pretty ballsy. I commend you for that. <laughs> I don't know if I would have declined in uh, a third co-op. But it is what it is. And if you truly believe in it, I'm sure you'll find a way to make it work. No, so. no uh, I have a mentor who told me, you got to burn the boats. You know, it was, a, I think it was a Spanish war or something. The expeditors wanted to go explore new land. And they got to this island and the captain or something said that we got to burn the boats because we're not going to leave. We're going to make this land work. And I'm burning the boats. So don't burn bridges, but burn boats. <laughs> burn boats. All right. <laughs> Well, you clearly have a very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, as far as you saying the whole tech deck thing in fourth grade, selling those, making money, getting it taken by the principal, like that's probably just the first of many instances where you kind of let that entrepreneurial spirit, spirit do its thing. Um, that obviously has a very important piece of LXR Media. So yeah, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but where does the passion for all this come? Like what what keeps you up at night in terms of trying to further the business? What, what is that one thing you know, that, that burning flame yeah. that keeps you up? Wow. That's a good question. I mean, that really goes down to even younger things before the tech deck business, but um, I'll be very honest. I'm not in love with social media. I could go a year with, or I could delete my social media. I won't delete it right now. Just have definitely some good things for me, but say after this, after I graduate, I can delete my business and or delete my social media and never look back on social media. But social media really is a vehicle right now in Elixir Media. Is, uh, it starts with, I was a kid and people would never think this. Everybody thinks that, oh, Luke's has money, blah, 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 drives this car. But people who know me close, people, the girls I dated before, they know they've been to my house. I wasn't raised in money. I wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth. 
I was, my, both my parents, as I mentioned in the beginning of the interview, were born in Madagascar. They came here. My dad went to college and they've worked their asses off. And, but we're not a generational wealth family that from years had a trust fund come down and continue to nest egg up. And that American generational thing. We started our first generation Malagasy Americans. So I've done candle. I've done homework by candlelight because the lights are out. I've done homework at a friend's house or at the library because there's no Wi-Fi on. And when you see or come from a time like that or have a childhood like that, you never want to be like that in that position that you can't do things or you're at, you don't have enough. And so I've always had this motivation to get out of that and make a name for myself and help my family in the future. And so Elixir Media is just one stream of revenue or possible stream or business that can take me to that next level of wealth and creating a generational wealth for my family and then helping my family currently. And so really it's just about that abundance of wealth and creating that so that we never have to be in that position again. And that's for Randriana Ravellos down the line and whatever branch continues to offer for that. And so I'm not doing it for me or I'm not doing it because I love social media. I mean, I could start five businesses and hopefully one of them takes off and is the one that yeah. create that for me, but it's not one specific thing. And that's why entrepreneurship in general is what I would say I'm trying to do. I'm not a CEO of one specific company, Elixir Media. It's trying to create that vehicle and whatever it is. And that's the beauty of also business in general. It could be anything. It could be selling shoes to... Uh, I don't know, selling books, like it, it's anything. And that's what I'm trying to do. Engineering for me was definitely a for sure way of, yeah. as an engineer, you make good money. Uh, mm -hmm. You come out maybe 75K as a starting engineer. You're, you're, you're sitting well, right? But it was really that abundance I was looking for. And so I'll be honest, I don't also love engineering either. I, the math, <laughs> Science, that's not me. Obviously, I'm more personable. I'm not the person in the engineering that you stick over in a cubicle on the desk and tell them the code yeah, or tell me all about design. it. <laughs> that's not me. And yeah, you exactly. You understand. So I'm trying to really balance a lot of the skills and assets that I've built up and then take that to the future. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't really plan on asking this question, but you kind of brought up a good point. Um, well, something that I was thinking about a little bit. So you said that both your parents um, from Madagascar. So yeah. were you yourself born in the States then? I was born in the States. I was born in okay. Maryland, uh, a little closer to Baltimore. Now we're in Baltimore city, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the things I was kind of thinking about actually the other day too, I don't even know why. Um, it seems like a lot of people that come to the United States have a lot greater of a burning desire to succeed, do well for themselves, but also for their family. Yeah. And you find that a lot of people that are, you know, our age and from the United States don't have that fire lit under their ass quite as much, right? There's not as much pushing them to want to succeed to the same extent that somebody who is not from here, you know, might. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that a lot of people here are spoiled, right? <laughs> and we have it so well here. Most sure. people, not everybody, but yeah. on average, you know, you most kids were born with the internet at this point 
right? They never had to deal with the things that you're talking about as far as doing homework underneath a candle or having to go to a friend's house because you didn't have a reliable Wi-Fi connection or Wi-Fi in general for that matter. I don't know what your situation was, yeah, but yeah. regardless, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, why do you think that people that come to this country who aren't necessarily native born here have so much more fire yeah. than people who don't? Because I'm just speculating because I am from here. You, you were born here too, but yeah. your family situation is, is somewhat different than mine. Mm -hmm. I'd start that answer. So I had the opportunity to go back to Madagascar last December and I saw a new family I had never met before. And we also had a scholarship that we launched and we raised $2,500 to just donate to pay for students' tuitions there, which was great. Oh my God, just, that's a whole nother story. But I was there in Madagascar. I saw the house that my parents had when they were there and then, but moved back to So that was even more eye-opening to me. Like my life could have been completely different. I could have been a kid in Madagascar and absolutely different. But I think specifically for students or people our age who are, who do have parents around first generation student, uh, first generation, you hear the stories of your parents. They came to America with $2 in their pockets and mm -hmm. you hear the trouble that they needed to go to, to even get to where they are now. And you want to be in just a little bit, you, every person wants to be a little bit better than their parents. Right. And so, especially when you come from a family or a story where your parents really had nothing and then they created all this for you, you almost feel a dedication or a requirement that you just put on yourself that I need to do even better. And mm -hmm. like they did all this. So I, I have to not only, I owe it to them to show them that all their time and all that sweat that and blood and tears that they put into me and making sure that I was okay, that I need to do the same for my family and then also take care of them. And so right. that's huge for me. Yeah. But I completely agree. There's definitely a lot of snowflakes and people who are spoiled now and uh, yeah don't get me started great. on that it's just not it, it just means less competition you know <laughs> right absolutely and i feel like that's becoming really apparent especially in the last year like obviously yes everybody was dealt with a terrible situation that nobody could have anticipated right but a lot of the way that people are you know dealing with it isn't necessarily uh the most intelligent approach or you know I basically what I'm trying to say is I see a lot of people that are blaming everybody else for their problems, right? And not taking enough personal accountability and looking for handouts. But, you know, people that weren't necessarily dealt with all the comforts that most people born in the United States get understand and have experience in certain situations where you got to fucking work your ass off, right? You can't just expect everything to be handed to you. And yeah. You know, with all the people staying inside, staying on social media, you know, spending all their free time tweeting at everybody about how pissed off they are and, you know, becoming and it's not even a political thing because it's on both sides. Right. Just wasting, wasting time away, tweeting, tweeting all their political bullshit and making excuses for why things suck and, and how their world is falling apart. Like you got to take some sort of accountability at some point. Doesn't matter what political side you're on. Doesn't matter, you know, what economic class you're in, what your background is, is like life isn't supposed to be easy. And a lot of people think that it is. Yeah. So you, you obviously know all about that. I, 
this is one thing I realize, and I try to stay out of politics as much as possible. Oh, I, I, hate it. I don't, I don't read too much on it and I just try to do my own thing. But one thing, especially from last year taught me that the government and that whole system is not a perfect system. Like people, they were handing, they were handing millions, I think even a billion dollars out to dead people when the stimulus check came out. So clearly there's some messed up things yep. happening. And I had friends who I was co-oping the past eight months, but they applied for unemployment and were making more than me on yep. unemployment during the time. Like, it's just, there's so many things. There's a lot of stuff that whatever side of the aisle you're on, a lot of change needs to happen. But that's all I add on the politics side. Of it. They're getting me in trouble again. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's good enough for now. So let's talk about the future of LXR Media a little bit. Yeah. So obviously you're only what, 11 months in, you said, and you really are just kind of getting your feet wet realistically. I mean, this is just the starting point, tip of the iceberg kind of stuff. Really? Um, so can you talk a little bit more about, you know, the exact kind of work that you're doing? I know you touched upon some of the clients that you have, but for somebody that's not too familiar with a social media agency, yeah. you know, how would you describe that to somebody? And what are your future plans for the company? Yeah. So really the pitch that I go into sales meetings with when telling a small business that social media is important is that it's even here. So at RIT, we had a marketing degree and we had a new media marketing degree. And mm -hmm. just this past year, they merged them because new media marketing is going to be the new marketing of the, the, the generation. Like for moving forward, we're all moving to digital. So yeah. social media marketing is especially present, uh, prominent right now because we have this. We are on this, an average, the average American spends two and a half hours on the phone a day. I spend like eight, which is not good. <laughs> but anyways, this is literally, in the, sorry, I'll back up. Before our marketing was magazines, ads. It was newspapers. It was the TV and billboards. Mm -hmm. But now since we have an iPhone, you're literally, that is a moving, changing, ever-changing billboard in your pocket every day and an opportunity for businesses to promote and get their brand and company on your phone and you watching it every single day. And so it's something everybody knows. Ads on the internet, Facebook, you look up something that you wanted to watch or wanted to buy on Amazon and it'll pop yeah. up five minutes later on Facebook. That's mm -hmm. not a secret. <laughs> they're doing, they're specifically showing the same images, pushing it into your mind subconscious that you're going to end up buying it later on. And so really that's the idea for small businesses to start getting into social media. The more you get people, a bigger following of people looking and looking at your brand, your company and what you're doing, the more likely they're going to buy it. Like it's just right. like a simple equation. So social media, creating content, creating videos and growing people's social media following is huge just to do exactly that. Just get more people attracted to what you're selling and you're, it's on you to sell them. It's not, that's not my job. It's I just right. promote and advertise and market your stuff so that people are at least attract and get interested and then you close them. So it's really right. like a handoff process. We're the front. We give, we take advantage and promote what you're doing and then you close them and do what you do at the end. So yeah, yeah. everybody needs more customers. That's the, that's a route to revenue. Right. So you're basically serving as the entity that helps get more eyes on exactly, you know, whatever a company is doing or whatever a company is yeah. selling more or less. Yeah. Okay. 
Gotcha. Through, so I think a little more deal through Instagram and Facebook. So there's two, a couple routes you can go through. You can do Facebook ads, that's paid promotions. You can pay Facebook and Instagram to show your posts or, and this is more what we're doing is organically like posting consistently and creating people with an affinity to your brand. And so those are the people who are like dedicated customers. They come back and buy your stuff all the time because they love what you do. They love your content and will continue to, but you need to have communication. With them. If you're just doing your own thing and they, I mean, you, you go to restaurants, but you like what they do and, but you're not going to always come back just because maybe one time you had a good experience. Like if you continue right. to see other people have good experiences, you're like, Oh, that's a good looking dish or, oh, they're doing a sale right now because you saw it on their social media, you're more likely to go. So it's just creating a line of communication that's direct and consistent between the customer and your company. Gotcha. So let's talk maybe five, 10 years, 20 years. What is the end goal for this company? Honestly, the end goal is for me to step away. I'm already, this is one thing it's from, I learned specifically as a business owner is you can't do it all yourself. Yeah. And so I was initially trying to learn how to do photography, videography, and editing. I love doing that stuff, the content creation. But there are people better at me at that, the people who study it in college. And so let the experts do what they do. And so right now, I'm really just focusing on being the face and just sales, marketing meetings, and selling the product. And then hand off that service to the people who are good at it. Like, right. you have to have an A1 service to be a good company. Like, that's the biggest thing. And so let the experts do that part. And then I just go out and create those meetings and sell and hopefully get the clients on. But hopefully at a certain point, I'd be able to step away and try something else. I really want to get into a real estate and um, yeah, real estate's big. I mean, that's just an obvious vehicle. That's mostly typically steady. And then honestly, more recently been looking at like mentorship and motivational speaking. So really, I don't know. I've been, uh, I, I, that video I posted the other day about beat me straight up. Like people were yeah. texting like, dude, that give that video, give me chills. Like I need to go work out after watching this video. I'm like, man, if you have that uh, influence on people, like maybe I can make get better at that. Cause this is another thing. Me in high school was not me now. And obviously that's obvious to a lot of people. Everybody grows up. But something just clicked. Something, when I got to college, this completely changed my mindset. Mindset's huge. And so if I could have that impression on someone to be better and uh, do more with their life, or whether it's inspiration, motivation, sending them a book, like I want to have that influence on people and touch them in that way in their life that just... Cause there's just the smallest things could change people's life. Like you could write a post-it note, put it on someone's desk and they could be, that could be a life changing experience or they right. could almost get hit by a car. Like life is just crazy like that, where yeah. the smallest things can make you learn a lesson or the next day make you change. And so if I could have that opportunity to work with people or just be in front of people like that as a crowd to hopefully motivate them to be better about their business, be better, have a family life. Like I, that would be an awesome opportunity. Absolutely. That's kind of similar ish to what I'm doing, obviously not to that ex- extent or on that scale, but as far as, you know, trying to create content and have conversations where somebody can get even a little positive bite out of it, right? A little bit of advice or, 
you know, maybe something funny or something, just, just yeah. something positive to take out of these conversations. That's truly the ultimate goal of it. And I don't know, you know, if I'm going to expand on this at some point or what, but I do know I enjoy doing it, like I said, and, yeah. you know, hopefully at this point, some of the listeners have been able to gain some piece of advice or a laugh here or there, or meet or see, see some new content from somebody else and, and discover a new page or something like that. So I, I definitely kind of share that goal, that aspiration with you a little bit. And also you're talking about, um, you know, kind of like flipping a switch, like something just changed. I, I would, I would argue that I kind of had a, a similar, I can't pinpoint it to an exact time. Um, but, but similarly early on in college, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm not who I was, you know, a few months ago or a year ago, exactly. or, you know, five years ago, obviously. Right. But I like the trajectory I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to somehow, you know, have a positive impact. I don't know what that is. Right. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, just keeping that in the back of your mind, I think is, is very important because you only get to do this whole thing once. Right. <laughs> and to waste it and to not have any, you know, anything positive come of it is yeah. a waste of, of your time. Right. And your, your experience here. So absolutely. There, I saw this the other day, this uh, monk, he said that there are two lives. Man realizes that there's, you have two lives. There's one that you're living. And then there's a second one when you realize you only have one. So yeah. that, that hits a little bit, but what you were saying about you like the trajectory you're going on, there's this Netflix uh, stand-up comedy series, or this guy's Daniel Sloss. He's on Netflix. He has this talk about where he walks up to his dad. And he's like, what's the meaning of life? And so his dad answers the question perfectly. He was said that life is like a jigsaw puzzle. And so we all get handed a bunch of pieces. But the thing is, we were never handed the image with the box. Mm-hmm. We have no clue what the final image is supposed to be, but we just confidently plug pieces that fit together here and there and confidently think that we know where we're putting our pieces, but we really don't. Yeah. And he said that you start with your four corners. Obviously, you start with the outsides because that's one side that's for sure. And that's family, friends, interests and hobbies and your career slash occupation. And that was something that definitely hit me. I was like, I, we really are. You could be anything from homeless to the next Jeff Bezos and everything in between. And nobody's going to tell you what you can be because it's your life, you know? Right. And again, you only live once. So do what you want. If that's start a podcast or if that is go buy a van and drive cross country, do it. Like live life to the fullest, honestly. Absolutely, man. It, it took me a while to realize that and realize what I actually enjoyed doing. And yeah you know, trying to prioritize certain things over others and really doing things because I want to do it, not because I think somebody else would approve of it. Right. That right. when I figured that out, that was that might have been part of that switch that we were talking about. Yeah. And, you know, it takes it takes certain experiences to get to that point. But once you get there, it's a completely different perspective on everything on your daily life, on your future goals. Absolutely. Everything. Like biggest thing for me is just prioritizing happiness like especially this 2021 like because what what are you why are you doing it if you're not happy mm-hmm. and so yeah that's really all i have on that no Just, i hear you man yeah absolutely 
So now that we're kind of talking more mindset stuff, it's a good time to bring up the whole 75 hard experience. Okay. So for people that aren't familiar with this, this is an Andy Frisella thing, right? Yeah, so Andy Frisella is the CEO of First Form, a supplement company, and he also was involved in various other businesses, but he has a podcast. It is called Real as Fuck, Real, Real AF, fun. right? Yeah, Real AF, yep. And he's been doing this for actually a very long time. I yeah. came across it probably two or three years ago when it went by a different title, I think. Oh, I forget right. what the title was, but I think it went as something else at one point, and um this guy is like all about motivation. He's yeah. all about discipline, um, you know, having a routine, staying hard. Like that's where this challenge came from. And you did it. You committed to it. Did 75 days. And I'll, I'll let you talk about the specifics of it because I don't know that much about it. But yeah. um, how was that, man? Sounds oh, like hell. <laughs> it was hell, but it was only hell in moments, honestly. Like I'll start. So. The beginning, uh, it was around Halloween. I was super unhappy. Just I didn't know who I was. I'd been grinding all year, creating content in the interviews, but I kind of lost sight of myself. And that was from a physical standpoint and also mental. Like I just wasn't happy, you know. And so I needed something uh, to just change all that. And 75 hard, if you are ever finding yourself in a rut, is the fastest way and most intense way to get back to a mindset of just yeah hard a hard mindset yeah where you're a different beast like the person you start with at the beginning of the 75 hard and personally for me completely different person in just three months you know and so specifically on the what the challenge is is you start 75 days straight no cheat meals you have to be on the diet and so I didn't count my calories or macros or anything. I just cut out everything from fast food, candy, desserts, soda, caffeine. Um, and no just caffeine anything. either, huh? No caffeine. Yeah. Oof, that must have that made some workouts hell. Yeah. I was going to say the pre-workout was huge. That was something for me I'd always had. I yeah. was like, let's just make this as healthy as possible. And I really just like lived off like salads and pasta and beans. <laughs> like it was crazy. But I mean, the results is absolutely amazing. But. So a diet, two workouts a day, and one has to be outside. And you have to separate the workouts by three hours. You can't start on cardio, cardio outside and then go inside and work out. It has to be an inconvenience. And you have to schedule your day around it. A gallon of water a day, 10 pages of a nonfiction book, and a progress picture every day. And so I can't even imagine. I saw the before and after pictures on my Instagram. Absolutely crazy i was there three months ago i'm here now and it was just honestly a life-changing experience going through it the first two weeks it was hell i hated it i was like why am i doing this and yeah. then after that it was just normal routine after a while you, what is it people say it takes 21 days to create a habit like it was just normal for me after two weeks first two weeks i was 218 i'm 510 218 uh, when I started the challenge and at the end of the second week, I was 200. And so 18 pounds in two weeks was just crazy. I saw those results and I was like, okay, I got to do this thing all the way through for sure. And right. so ended it January 16th. I was in LA the last week of the challenge and in and out is the only LA is the only place or California is the only place you can get in and out. But I said, no fast food, no nothing. And I sat there, looked at in and out 
and I couldn't have it, but <laughs> I don't regret it. Uh, anybody who's ever thinking about doing it, do it to the max or uh, every single thing to the T because you won't regret it. You look back and like, I really was that hard to do it 75 days straight. And I, I listen to Andy Frazella now too. I honestly didn't hear about him until I, I did the challenge. A buddy sent it to me. I was like, why don't I just do this right now? It's kind of off a whim thing. Yeah. And I got through it, but he says the most successful business people create a routine of where they're just stacking wins. And that is what 75 hard is all about. Just stacking 75 days of straight wins. When you can do complete that challenge, two workouts, the gallon of water, the 10 pages of book, like you won that day, just doing that. And so everything you do in between the challenge or the workouts is bonus because yeah. you, so stacking 75 days straight of that, you'll just create habits and create a routine that is just built for success. And so it was an amazing experience. I'm coaching people now. They're, uh, they're, uh, what's it called? Accountability partner, uh, for their challenges. I have like five buddies now doing it. So awesome. They're doing it. So yeah, if you want to do it, dedicate yourself to it and complete it and you'll be a different person, happier, way happier. So an important piece of that challenge too is no alcohol or drugs, right? Yes, I didn't even mention that. <laughs> well, because that's kind of what we we talked about it a little bit before, right. and that was I, that would be the most difficult part for me because I like what I drink a gallon. Of, what's that? What drugs are you doing? Not that part. The alcohol. <laughs> I um like I drink a gallon of water a day. Um, yeah. I spend typically at least an hour, hour and a half in the gym. Obviously, I would have to break those up into different sessions, yeah. right? Um, not too good about the reading. Um, but I, I dabble with it a little bit and kind of go in, um, little cycles where I'll, I'll, I'll read some and then I'll put it down and then not want right. to see a book. Yeah. But, um, you know, I typically have a pretty clean diet. And then when the weekend rolls around, I'm ready to let loose, exactly. have, you know, one too yeah. many drinks. And that for me would definitely be the hardest part of it. So what was, I, I mean, I don't know, obviously what your habits were beforehand, but what was, what was that piece of it like? I'll be honest. Honestly, the alcohol was not the hardest part. Honestly, the gallon of water was the hardest. The fact that I needed really, to, yeah, just peeing every thirty minutes because yeah, it sucks. Down that much I have to right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the alcohol was not bad at all, um, or the drug side. I mean, I was ever since getting on this journey of like the entrepreneurship, I've been a pretty straight arrow. And that this is one thing I got in trouble for a video I put out last week. And I've been trying to break out of this image, this box that Lucas is always in a suit and is uh, just talking about business and mindset all the time. And so I put out a video talking about more social side of RIT and uh, was college. Questions. Oh, was this the one with um, the few girls yeah. there from yep, yeah, Data? Uh, yeah, okay. from, uh, Data. And had to take that one down. But I kind of put myself in that box where all I talk about is motivation, uh, business and but there is a side of Lucas who can let or lets loose and uh, likes to have a good time, go to the bars or, you know, joke, jokes around, you know? So right. anyways, the alcohol wasn't too bad. I really went, if I do drink, it would, it's a two day commitment. And so the next day of like waking up at 6, 6 PM or in the afternoon is like killer just cause I don't know. It's just, as something I slowly, because my freshman, sophomore year, oh, I was out every weekend, Thursday, yep. and then so yep. I kind of got old. And then so now I kind of grew out of that part of my life. But 
for sure. We should grab a drink after this sometime. Or Absolutely. Definitely got to just let loose or take it easy sometimes for sure. There's definitely times to reward or celebrate or just have fun for sure. Absolutely. You, so that video got you in trouble or you had to take it down. We, yeah, we had to take it. I mean, it was just not the image that I necessarily wanted to put out of myself. We talked about some things from like fake IDs to uh, parties and stuff like that. And yeah. So right now, especially running for the campaign and um, ah, just gotcha. positions I also hold on campus as an RA, as a athlete, those parts just reflect badly on those parts of uh, I'm affiliated too. So I, in hindsight, it was definitely a dumb idea, but just right now, just trying to connect with another part of students and RIT right. that is not about academics, is not about camping, you know? Right. I was about to go off for a second though, because, oh, okay, so well, actually some context though. Obviously I don't have a business that I'm trying to start right now and I don't have a student government position that I'm trying to potentially mm -hmm. run for. Right. But what I was going to say to that was who the fuck told you that you had to take that down? It's like, I like, obviously, yeah, there's certain things that I try not to say on the podcast. Right. Yeah. But for the most part, if I get pissed off about something or, you know, I don't agree with something, I'm going to go all out. Right. And I've been pretty good about most things so far, but there's, yeah. you know, like another side of me that sometimes is like, you want to explode. Right. Oh yeah. And for me, like in, in my opinion, just sharing like your experiences of college, like what, what's wrong with that? Like, you're really going to tell me you spent four or five years at college and it didn't make a few stupid decisions, right? Like that's a part of college. Right. And that's a part of this whole experience. Like it's not just the learning that you do in the classroom. It's all the other things that you do on your own for the first time, all the mistakes that you make, like that is a part of it. And to me, that's been some of the most important things that I've learned in my five, five years now here yeah. as a, as a college student is like those sides of things that the, the administration has nothing to do with. Right. Yeah. But I, I get it. You're in a different situation than I am in. And I typically just let things kind of fly. <laughs> and if you don't like it, fuck you. That's kind yeah. of how I tend to roll. But I, I understand, you know, the consequences potentially uh, of doing something like that. But, you know, I think it's a good idea. I personally. did too. I, I honestly, I was, I thought it was genuinely funny. It was up for less than an hour until I got messages to definitely should take this down for what you're trying to do and position. Oh my. And it was hard for me at first. Like I took a week, oh, a day of shooting and two days of editing. And so there's effort goes into these videos. And so oh, yeah. a lot of, yeah you know and so i at first with a little relic uh, didn't want to take town but yeah. then watching it back i think there are some things that we did talk about in the video that would get basically because i posted it now and the videos were from four years ago listening that i would condone those actions or condone underage drinking condone fake ids which i don't right. obviously there's different parts Everybody has a college experience. And so some things just come from your college experience. I mean, I, I don't want to go into much specifics. Definitely. Yeah, no, I know. Got a earful from all around school, but I did my apologies and I wasn't not intending any mal reputation on our right. or the affiliations, but 
right now, especially with the campaign coming up, I got to be yeah. smart about my content. Like I said in the video, I know people closer to people here at RIT don't want me to run for that position. So anything I post, they will double check, make sure Fuck. it is. You don't have to say it, but I'll say it. Right. <laughs> make sure or see if I trip up or post something I shouldn't and we'll send it directly to administration. Like this is the reason Lucas shouldn't run. And so I got to be a little careful right now for sure. And while I'm in that position, just because I'm also representing RIT, but right. I will continue to make content I want to create and absolutely stuff that I want to. So that, that, that hasn't phased me a little bit at all. So but yeah, more content coming soon every week. And yeah. Awesome. I want to talk a little bit more about this 75 hard before we wrap up. Okay. Um, so the fitness side of it, that's interesting to me. Fitness is uh, a pretty big staple in my life as far as creating discipline, you know, having a routine and just improving myself. I'm no longer an athlete. I used to be in high school, but you know, that ship kind of sailed and things kind of got a little screwy in my freshman year, but that's, you know, in the past and that's fine. But, um, you know, from a fitness side of things, was there any specific, uh, plan that you followed with this? It was, you said two separate sessions mm -hmm. and they had to be a, a three hour gap in between the yeah. two. Was there anything else? Not really, but kind of like the breakdown of the workouts was so a morning workout at six o'clock in the morning and then mm -hmm. come back to co-op and then at the end of the day monday through friday do a run for 45 minutes or 30 minutes and then jump rope for 15 and then Oof. walk or yoga on saturday sunday okay so let, that was something really quick that i need to realize i was getting blisters and uh shin splints and during the weekdays if i don't care if i had blisters or shin splints but on the weekends definitely needed to let my body repair itself yeah and uh so that's why i decided to start doing just a walk and uh, yoga on the weekends but that was really about it you it can kind of feel out your body obviously you're supposed to push yourself and make sure that you are doing the most you can but at the same time you're not going to be able to go 100 percent the whole 75 hard and even andy frizella walks his second workout when he does a challenge so he's also a gigantic he's like 240 like yeah, he's a big dude he's a big guy so i don't think he can run for 45 minutes straight but <laughs> <laughs> yeah the workouts was specifically a gym routine in the morning i did this thing and it's on the internet if you really look up built for the beach i was just really just like shredding because i was big i was like 218 510 like that's bmi i don't follow that too much but bmi wise like technically like you're almost like obese at that point i mean i was i'm an athlete and had a mix of like muscle but there was definitely a lot of fat that i had retained over quarantine and i'll be honest i was a snowflake over pro, uh, quarantine i was like oh the gyms are closed i can't do anything to work out and that's what i subscribed to and then i was like no october november 2nd stop the bullshit you're like this because you did this. And so it is time to turn around and start doing stuff that will make you better. And so semi-fire hard came out of that. And now getting back for sure, that was a very quick way to get back on that fitness, fitness regimen. And now just continuing to maintain it through to the summer. Hopefully maybe another shredding couple months before the summer starts, but yeah.
Yeah, man, that stuff, that stuff really fascinates me. I'm, I'm really interested in it. And I've always kind of like thought about trying to do like a shredding kind of thing. But my, my situation real quick is like, I came into college, I'm 6'2", right? 6'2", I was about 160. Okay. So that is underweight for that height <laughs> yeah. a lot, right? Uh -huh. I was a tall, lanky kind of, I used to be a pitcher, so it kind of worked then for baseball. Right. But I'm no longer an athlete. There's no need for me to be as skinny as I was, right? Yeah. So for the last five years now, four and a half, five years, I've been just trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's a slow grind, especially when you do it the right way. Because yeah. you can, like, I could gain, you know, probably 10 pounds in two or three weeks if I ate like shit. <laughs> it's not that hard. But right. you're going to look like shit if you yeah. eat that way, right? And, you know, it's pretty simple. What you put into your body is what you get out of it and how exactly. you're going to look. It's a direct correlation. And that's probably the most important piece of this whole fitness game. And, um, you know, for me, it's just been a lot of fun to kind of learn, learn these certain things about fitness and and all these different things. And then along with that came the mindset side of things is like, I felt like I was getting to a point to where I was pretty well versed physically, as far as physical fitness and that side of things, but mentally, like mental fitness, and not so much mental health necessarily, but just, you know, mindset kind of things. Yeah, that is like an, a whole other side of it that I hadn't even considered. And well, I was like, Oh, that's kind of like, that's pussy shit. Like you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to do any of that stuff. Like it, it's just an excuse to, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, during quarantine and during, I had a previous stint with it too, kind of like trying to get into the whole meditation side of things a little bit, trying yeah. to read more, you know, trying to, I, I spoke on a, a previous episode about this, you know, not waking up first thing in the morning and getting on your phone while you're still in bed. Right. That's like one of the worst things that you can possibly do. But just little things like that. And you start to realize that you have more natural energy. I found during the day, um, mm -hmm. less anxiety, just from from anything from any yeah. external source, right? And an overall, just happier mood. Absolutely. You're just ready to attack the day more. And you obviously have um, a pretty strong mindset, right? I mean, you're, you're subscribed to all these things that I'm talking about as far as reading and, you know, Absolutely. trying to improve yourself and work on your on your mental, you know, <laughs> but um, what what has that been like for you? Because for me, like I said, the physical, physical fitness kind of stuff. Yeah, came fairly easily. Yeah, yeah. Right? And you're you're an athlete and you still are an athlete, right? You still mm -hmm. play for the soccer. Yeah, team. yeah, still playing soccer. Right. So, you know, all you know what I'm talking about, but I feel like the mental side of things is typically harder to come across and then harder to adapt. Yeah. So that specifically there are hundred percent benefits to the fitness side. It's definitely really closely connected when you can, I heard a mentor told me this, if you can control your body, you can control your mind. Yeah. And so when you can fit that also, if you look good, you feel good. And so Amen. <laughs> absolutely. But then there are certain, there are other things that you can do to continue that process. Meditation is one of them. I mean, also meditation closely connects like prayer, connect your relationship with God or religion. And so there's that, I mean, books. Um, the biggest thing for me for mindset was finding a mentor, finding someone who is in a position that you wanna be in and replicate that success or closely do what they did because you wanna get there also. And so right. when you have a mentor who tells you go read a book, read a book. 
Yeah. He's not telling you that to waste your time. He tells you that because that's what worked for him. If yeah. you have a mentor who says meditation, start exactly starting your starting the day, not going on your phone and getting up out of the bed when the alarm clock goes off, do it. Like there's so many people who are not taking advantage of the resources around them or networking and they say they want this career or success for themselves and then don't implement the things that they hear right. from the people who are successful. And so if you want to get to that level, do the things that it takes to be successful. And that's everything. That's from working hard to the small stuff of like reading, like I said, but that's the roadmap. Like they're giving you the yeah. roadmap. They're not going to tell you bullshit to tell you bullshit, do what they tell. They're not just doing that to talk to you. Cause honestly, if they're in a successful position, they don't have time to talk to you. So right. it sounds like they can do it for you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that was the biggest thing. I got mentors and people around me who I looked up to and they would tell me to do something and I'd implement it right away. But actually a mentor sent me the 75 day hard challenge. My close buddy, okay. it was funny because also a close buddy sent it to me. I was like, okay, this is two people who have sent it to me. Let's do it. And so find a mentor, find someone, or even on YouTube, I, I'd say I have YouTube mentors who I have never met, but I've watched and like, I just see what they're doing. And I'm like, they told me that I need to start taking cold showers and for the nervous yeah. system and get me waking up in the morning. I started taking cold showers, you know? So get a mentor, try to let you who's in a position that you want to be in and replicate their success. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. You're the second person that's brought up cold showers. And <laughs> I still won't do it. I don't, I don't care what they say. That's the one thing I won't do. <laughs> I guess I'm just a bitch when it comes to that, but I like hot showers. I don't know what to tell you, but um, that's all good stuff, man. I, uh, that's most of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but I kind of want to get back to ending most of my episodes by giving my guest a chance to kind of say one last thing or bring up like a topic of their own, ask me a question and really just kind of dedicate the last few minutes that we have, uh, to anything you want to talk about. Yeah. So is it, is it, you got anything or am I putting you on yeah. the spot? Well, I, no, no, I'll ask you first. What, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh man. That's a tough one. I, I could sit here and think of um, a lot of things people have told me, whether or not I've listened to them is another story. But um, poof. Even I'm stumped right now. I don't, I don't think I could, I could have like one answer for that. Realistically, I think one thing that's always stuck with me and kind of been I would argue the reason why I've been as successful as I have at certain things is because of this. And it wasn't even a direct quote. It was just kind of the way I was raised with having a, a strong work ethic yeah. right? and, and being comfortable, kind of being uncomfortable, right? This whole idea of, you know, you're not necessarily, you're never going to be the smartest. Well, you don't, you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room yeah. because if you are, you need to find another room, right? You got to always, you got to always yeah. be, be growing and learning and, and outworking people. And even for me in, in, you know, high school, middle school, I wasn't the smartest person there, but I graduated with, you know, a, a better GPA and, and towards the top, you know, five in my class because of my work ethic. It didn't come as easy to me as it did other people, but yeah. I was, you know, I had a work ethic to the point where I was sometimes stubborn about, figuring out how I was going to get it done. And if it sucked, it sucked. And that's too bad. But yeah. kind of like I talked about before, man, like that's life, right? 
things shouldn't be easy for you. And, you know, that work ethic, I've kind of adapted to sports. I've adapted to my major. I've adapted to just trying to do stuff like this with a podcast and start something new to developing personal relationships. You know, if you can keep that with you in really anything that you pursue in your life, I think you're going to find yourself a lot better off, you know, than not having worked hard because there's a lot of smart people out there who are really just naturally gifted at whatever it is that they do. Right. But they likely at some point will come up short because they weren't willing to put in the extra time to fine tune those skills where somebody else who really wanted a bad and was willing to put in the extra time is going to come out on top. I'd say almost 10 out of 10 times. I completely agree. I think I got my piece. Um, I don't know if you know a guy, there's a guy named uh, Grant Cardone. Yeah. He, he wrote this book called the 10 X rule and really like boiling it down to the core of it. He says a lot of great stuff in that book. Highly recommend it. You've got to ask yourself, are you doing everything you can? And here brings in the 10 X piece. You got to do 10 X more than anyone around you to make sure that you're successful. And so he says like success is my duty, my responsibility and my, and I owe it to myself to create that success. But there are a lot of people who say, who are wondering they're, why they're not successful or why they're not where they want to be yet. And then aren't putting in the work. Like they're a whole, they all can talk the talk, but are not walking the walk with Absolutely. all the grind. They're not up there late at night. They're not there trying every single outlet lead generation that they can possibly do. And then sitting at home whining, like, why am I not successful yet? Why haven't I made yeah. my name yet? Cause you don't deserve it. You didn't add, there's this other thing called like success tax. There's a certain amount of tax that everyone has to pay before they reach that point of success. And so it's different for everyone. There's someone who could blow up on TikTok, TikTok, you're the next Addison Ray who just had yeah. to shake your butt. And that was just a <laughs> but there's other people who have to go cross country and pitch their business to a hundred other people. And maybe that's a success act or, you know, so the question I ask anybody I'm mentoring or when they're trying to do business as well, and they're like not reaching the point that they want to is, are you really covering all the grounds? Are you going to be really done everything you can? and comfortable at the end of the day that you tried everything and did everything, gave it everything you have. And if you didn't, then there's your answer. And if you think you did, think again, or right. try something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing for me. Make sure you're given 10 X 10 X. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap up. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on here. But if people want to find out more about what you're doing, uh, learn a little bit more about the company or kind of follow this whole mm-hmm. campaign that's coming up, <laughs> where can they find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my biggest platform on is Instagram right now. It's just my first name, last name. And then also on YouTube, putting out a video each week for the past. I'm putting a video up this whole year each week. A video each week this whole year gotcha so plenty of content coming through the pipeline and then stuff for elixir media is coming through as well especially this coming summer so find me on instagram i'm on facebook linkedin everything but just first name last name yeah awesome all right man well thanks for joining me i really appreciate it It was great talking to you finally i feel like this has kind of been at some point it was going to happen i'm glad it finally did 
Um, and uh, maybe at some point a little further down the road when you can talk a little bit more about uh, the student government position that you may yeah. or may not run for, um, we yeah. could have you back on and we could, we could talk about that. Absolutely. Um, thanks again, man. I, I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you.